And welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Stay tuned to the end of the show to hear how you can get a copy of this program and other helpful documents. And now, it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Roger. And like Roger said, I'm Carrie McCoy, and it's time for me to get up in your business. If right now you're sitting at your computer, you might want to watch us live on FlagandBanner.com's Facebook page. It's kind of fun to see what's going on behind the scenes and today there's a lot going on so my usual co-host you may have noticed jesse or tim are not here jesse's had an emergency he's got four kids and he's on his way to the hospital with one of them so he's not here so roger is what do they call it pinch hitting pitch hitting that would be pinch hitting pinch hitting for him today so y'all can feel free to grade him today at the end of the show we'll see how he does and roger is a friend roger robinson is a friend of the show he's also an audio video teacher at what school that's Metropolitan Career Technical Center. It's a part of Little Rock School District, and we welcome everyone to check it out. If you are a high school age student in Pulaski County, that's Little Rock, North Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Jacksonville, you're all welcome. To go to, it's Metropolitan. Yes, to, to visit Metropolitan and uh, take a class. I love that. This show, Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, began with Entrepreneurs in Mind, a platform for me, a small business owner and a guest, to pay forward our experiential knowledge in a conversational way. As with all new endeavors, it's had some unexpected outcomes. For instance, this show began with Entrepreneurs and Wannabe Entrepreneurs in Mind. But we found it has a much wider appeal because we're all inspired by everyday people's American-made stories. Another discovery I find interesting is that many, many of my guests have a spiritual bent and the heart of a teacher. And last, that business in of itself is creative. My guest today, former Arkansas Attorney General Mr. Steve Clark, doesn't just have the heart of a teacher. He was actually a law professor at both the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville and St. Thomas School in Miami. As far as creativity goes, he scores a 10, having recreated himself and his career many times over until finding the perfect fit as president of the Fayetteville, Arkansas Chamber of Commerce, which we are going to hear all about today. If you're just tuning in for the first time, you may be asking yourself, what's this lady's story and why should I listen? Well, Roger is here to tell you. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie McCoy founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed dramatically from door-to-door sales to telemarketing to mail order and catalog sales. And now, Flag and Banner relies heavily on the Internet including the newest features, live chatting. With time and experience, Carrie's business and leadership knowledge grew as well as the confidence to branch out into multimedia marketing that began with the nonprofit Dreamland Ballroom as well as the in-house publication of Brave Magazine and now this very radio show. It was in the fall of 2016 when Carrie found herself mentoring yet another ambitious person and decided in a broader way to pay forward not only her life experiences but others too. Each week on this show you'll hear candid conversations between her and her guests about real world experiences on a variety of businesses and topics that we hope you'll find interesting and inspiring. If you would like to ask Carrie a question or share your story, you can send an email to questions, that's Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-S, at upyourbusiness.com. 
Thank you. Thank you very much, Roger. My guest today is the president of the fast-growing Fayetteville Chamber of Commerce in Northwest Arkansas and former Arkansas Attorney General, who today still holds the record for being the longest-serving Attorney General in Arkansas history, Mr. Steve Clark. Steve is one of those lucky people who knew at an early age he wanted to be a politician. Born in Leachville, Arkansas, watching his father dabble in local politics, Steve made the decision to major in political science and later went on to receive a law degree from the University of Arkansas. An assistant as assistant dean to the School of Law in Fayetteville, he met a new law instructor, the young Bill Clinton, and a year later met his girlfriend, Hillary Rodham, and they all became fast friends. This was a time of young, progressive Arkansas politics. Bill Clinton ran for attorney general, a general and won. Later, he ran for the governorship, leaving the attorney general position open and an opportunity for Mr. Steve Clark, who won the vacated seat against Art Givens in the Democratic primary. Attorney General Steve Clark held the position for 11 years, which is why, which is why I said it makes him the longest-serving attorney general in Arkansas history. During this time, he impressively argued eight cases before the U.S. Supreme Court and made national news when Governor Frank White signed a bill, later to be found unconstitutional, that required the balanced treatment of creationism and evolution in public schools that Steve Clark had to defend. I can't wait to hear that story. (laughs) As many of you will remember, Steve had a foolish fall from grace that sent him into near bankruptcy, homelessness, and cost him his law license for a time. His story is one of supreme success, humility, redemption, and forgiveness. It is a pleasure to welcome to the table the intelligent, hardworking, charismatic president of Fayetteville Chamber of Commerce, Mr. Steve Clark. Thank you so very, very much, Gary. You can tell I've been reading. About I you. believe you have, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's not even all there is about you. You've, you've done so much. Let's start at the beginning. You grew up in Leechville. How mm-hmm. did that affect you, and what did your father do for a living? My father was a farmer a part of his life, and then he worked a couple of years uh, in the land commissioner's office here in Little Rock, although we didn't move down here. And then the last years he was uh, in real estate primarily as an appraiser, and he worked for the Arkansas Highway Department. Growing up in Leechville was a blessing for me. It's a town of about 1,500 when I was there, and it's still about 1,500. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this, it has one billboard coming into town that says, Leechville, the cleanest town on Buffalo Island where industry and commerce meet. We may have been uh, exaggerating a little <laughs> bit, but uh, I graduated in a class of 41, and that was the second largest graduation class in the history of the school. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, But it was a wonderful uh, not exactly a Mayberry life, but pretty close. My life was particularly blessed because my family um, just kept encouraging me, and, and I got some extraordinary opportunities as a high school. First as a junior, I got to go to Boy State. Nobody from Leachville had ever gone to Boy State. I didn't know what Boy State was. My father just said, you're going to go, and I went, okay. I don't think I want to. And well, that's something you and Bill Clinton had in common, we did. right? He, he was there as a counselor the year I was there as a camper. He's We was one year ahead of me in school. Did you meet him there, too? I did not. We never met. The first time we met was when he came off a plane in Fayetteville, and I was picking him up, and he was interviewing for a job with the law school faculty, and I was on the faculty, and that's the first time we met. 
But Leachville's a great town, still is today, uh, and uh, I get there occasionally. I have a lot of relatives, unfortunately, buried in that cemetery, so that's one of the reasons you go up there to visit. But I have several cousins and others in northeast Arkansas, and um, and we grew up. Um, my father farmed doing cotton and soybeans. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father decided one year we would have uh, hogs. And I begged him never to have them a second year. <laughs> did you have to take care of them? Yeah, I did, and it was not fun. You'd rather pick cotton? I'd rather pick cotton. I did. So you I went did. to school at ASU, you did pick cotton. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed how many people on this show have picked cotton. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I guess that's Arkansas for you. Yeah. Um, you decided to go to ASU, uh-huh. and you got a degree in political science. I did. You were lucky, and you actually ended up using your uh, degree towards your career later. Yeah, I did. And then you decided to go to law school in Fayetteville. Yes. What happened? Well, um, when I, I, I first thought I was going to go to Hendricks, you said something about a lot of your guests have a spiritual bent. Mm-hmm. There are ministers in my family. In my family, you're either a farmer, a preacher, a teacher, or a politician. That's just about it. You don't get to do anything else. And so I thought I was going to go to Hendricks. Uh, none of my family had a college education, but some of them had been in school. My mother had been schooled at Hendricks. My grandfather had been schooled at Hendricks. And, but my father was a no-nonsense kind of guy. So when I graduated from high school, he said, well, if you're going to college, are they open for the summer? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, when do they start? And I said, next week. And he said, are you going? I said, no, sir. You, when you get out of high school, you take the summer off and kind of get your life. And he said, no, if they're open, you're going to go to school. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went to school year-round. My father just said, if they're open and you can go, you take all the credit hours you can take. So in the summer, I took 12. And each semester in the fall and spring, I took 18. And by the time a year had passed, a full calendar year, I was already a junior. And, and I'm going... And then the next year went pretty fast, and I said, if I can go to law school, and I think think I can because I had pretty good grades, but I said, I'm going to get out of law school, and I'm going to be 22 years old, and wow. nobody's going to hire me because I'm a kid. Yeah. And he said, well, son, if you got a job to do, you go do it, and you do it as best you can, as quickly as you can, and move on to the next thing. Law school for me was a ticket to get into the political arena because I thought at that time there were a lot of lawyers in the legislature. There are not very many now. Uh, and it was a means to be able to be better versed on um, actually the impact of the rule of law. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so whether it was contracts or constitutional law or it's property law or it was criminal law, I got to study all those subjects. And while I was there, uh, we had a new proposed constitution. And uh, I led a group. I had a, There was a legal fraternity, and I was in that fraternity. And we created a um, an organization called LAYPROCON, L-A-Y-P-R-O-C-O-N, learn about your proposed constitution. And it was a way for all of us in this group to study the new proposed constitution and then go out to the state, to civic clubs, and say, here's the old one, here's the new one. We're not telling you how to vote, but here's the difference. And it was the first time I ever got my picture in the paper. Mm-hmm. And uh, I brought some guys down here. We walked into the old Arkansas Gazette office at 10 o'clock one Friday morning, and we said, we've got a new story for you. And uh, and that's when I met uh, uh, the first governor I'd ever met, which was uh, Governor Winthrop Rockefeller. That's a great story. How old were you? 21. Yes, yeah, see, you're just overachiever, intelligent. I couldn't take 18 hours and, in the, and then take 12 hours in the summer. This is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Mr. Steve Clark, the president of Fayetteville, Arkansas Chamber of Commerce. We'll learn about his early days as Arkansas's attorney general and hear some of the stories behind the U.S. Supreme Court cases and last talk about his current passion, Fayetteville, Arkansas, and the opportunities that may be awaiting you. 
You're listening to Up In Your Business with Kerry McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. If you miss any part of this show or want to learn more about Up In Your Business, go to FlagAndBanner.com and click on Radio Show or subscribe through your favorite podcast application. We'll be right back. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Mr. Steve Clark, the president of Fayetteville, Arkansas's fast-growing Chamber of Commerce. Before the break, we were talking about growing up in the small southern town of Leechville, Arkansas, about being an overachiever in college and high school and going off to Boy State. And now he's 22 years old. You've got a law degree already? No, surely not. 23. 23, you've got a law degree. And uh, you've decided, you're, and somehow you've landed a job as the assistant dean at, I know there was a law job in there somewhere to where, but we're not going to talk about that because that's not as important. So we're going to jump on and we're going to skip a year. He did get a job after college working yeah. in, the, in the field of law. But then you somehow ended up as the assistant dean at, back in Fayetteville of the School of Law where you met Bill Clinton. Tell us about that story. Well, uh, I was practicing law in Brinkley, Arkansas. I got a call from uh, the acting dean of the law school and said, we've got a job for you if you'd be interested, and it's assistant dean, and you're in, you're in a sense was just the chief administrative officer. I was teaching one class, but and, um, and I said, I'm ready. And so went back, um, joined the faculty in February of 73, and in April of 73, the dean said to me, and he used to call me pal, and they said, hey, pal. And I don't know why. I was young enough to be his son. I was 25. And uh, he'd say, hey, pal. He said, there's a guy coming in tonight, and we need to pick him up at the airport. He's gone to law school at Yale, and they say he's one of the brightest people they've ever had as a student at Yale. And y'all about the same age, so you go out there and get him. And so that's the old Drake Field in Fayetteville. And um, and scheduled Skyways was the airline, and we sometimes called scheduled Scareways. Scareways, that's yeah, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so the plane landed, and I'm standing there, and he's the last one off, and we're the two youngest people there. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, well, you must be looking for me, and I go, you must be looking for me, and we had never met, and instantly liked each other because we both loved politics, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think we both had a little envy of each other. 
Um, I was so excited to talk to someone who had seen so much of the world because as a Rhodes Scholar, he lived in London and lived, you know, and traveled in England. He had had an opportunity through the help of Senator Fulbright to actually go behind what was then known as the Iron Curtain at one point. Mm -hmm. And so he'd seen so much of the world, and I just hadn't. But I'd stayed here, and uh, I knew so much about Arkansas. So he'd say, well, you know, down there in Texarkana or over there in Lake Village, I'd say, well, that would be Gibbs Ferguson, or that would be, how do you know all these people? And I said, well, I help admit them to law school. Uh, I tell you, I tease and tell people that we stayed up most of the night, um, and um, you know, talking about how we had gotten to where we were, and we both discovered we had been born in a log cabin, and we were self-taught as the law using a candle because there wasn't any electricity. Not all true, of course, but we just <laughs> we risk, uh, we instantly liked each other, mm-hmm. and then um, so um, Hillary came uh, after we hired him. He uh, Hillary came a few months later, and that's the first time that I met her. And he was moving into his house, and 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 we hit it off very well. They are two of the brightest, and in my heart and in my judgment, best people I've ever known. Um, and so working with them was fun and exciting. And and then we all wound up in Little Rock working together again. But they were both excellent teachers. Um, Bill and I played intramural basketball, so we had a team of seven or eight people. Some, some of these people now are judges in Fayetteville, but. So we were all law students, and we would pick up games at the local junior high. And I would say that the president and I were not the two best players, but we <laughs> shot the most often. <laughs> we both had this dream of being, you know, well, I scored 21 points tonight. How about you? Well, I got 31. And, and the other guys were going, if y'all would pass the ball, we might win. Because <laughs> Bill's tall and you're not. That's right. You know. And we jogged together once when he was in the White House. I was up there, and I saw him one week, and and uh, he was jogging with a group of Marines, and he waved me over, and I was we were on the um, uh, jogging there on the just outside the Capitol, and he said, um, "When are you gonna be up here next?" I said, "Next week." He said, "Well, call me. We'll run together." I said, "Sure, Mr. President, sure." And he goes, "No, call me. We'll run together." So I call. They say, "Yeah, he says he wants to run with you." Uh, <laughs> I got to the White House about 6 o'clock in the morning, and we were supposed to run it at 6.15, and the president was late, which the president will be late for his own funeral. That's right. That's just a habit of his. And the young Marine said, now, Mr. Clark, I hope you and the president won't run off and and leave us. And I said, son, take a look at me and take a look at him. We both have had too many McDonald's fries, and we're not going to run off and leave anybody. But I said, I do have a request. He said, what's that? I said... If they shoot at us and miss, don't leave me out here. <laughs> don't just throw him in that limousine. Let leave me fend for myself. They may be a second bullet. He started laughing. And I said, and if they shoot at us and they hit me, throw me in that limousine and hand me the phone. And he said, what for? I said, I want to call my mother and tell her where I am. And so, uh, But we, uh, the president's always been... Uh, and extremely generous and gracious to always. Me. He's just always. a great guy. And to my daughters. That's wonderful. Um, you, uh, he decides to run for attorney general, right? And I guess that's when he comes to Little Rock. And then he decides to run to be the governor. And you decide to run for attorney general, right? So, did y'all talk about that before? He said, "Steve, I'm going to vacate this seat. You want it?" No, well, no, and not like that. We. Um, I came down to be David Pryor's chief of staff. So I was 29. He was 29. He was attorney general. And uh, it was obvious that he was either going to run for governor, run for Congress, run for the United States Senate, or Jimmy Carter was giving some thought to making him attorney general of the United States. Wow. 
So I'm with Hillary one day, and um, and I said, look, I don't know what your husband's going to do, but if he does any of those things and vacates the attorney general's office, I'm going to run. And she said, that's great. We'd like to see that happen. You'd be great. We'd like to work with you. Uh, I also teased. She said, I have one favorite. I said, what's that? She said, lose a little weight. It's kind of hard for me to ask people to vote for my little fat friend Steve. <laughs> I said, well, don't hold back. Tell me what you really think. But, uh, so we ran, and, and, and honestly, the reason that I got elected, uh, I worked hard. Yeah. But um, both David Pryor and Bill Clinton and their campaign organizations, because David Pryor and Bill Clinton said nice things about me. A lot of those people said, well, if Bill likes you or if David Pryor likes you, you must be all right. Mm-hmm. So I, was, I lost three of the four congressional districts, so I didn't win by a a big margin, but I won, and uh, and it was a real pleasure to work and serve with him. And that was your first time to hold office? Oh, yeah, first time I'd ever held office. It was a big one. It was. I'd had a couple chances to run for the legislature, and it just didn't, and, and my family on my mother's side held the same state senate seat out of Mississippi County for just over 52 years, consecutive years. And so we had that history. I had an uncle that was a lieutenant governor. Um, but that didn't that wasn't where I wanted to serve. And while you were there, you were there eleven years, mm-hmm. which is a super long time. But what I found fascinating is that you 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 uh, you went to you did eight Supreme Court cases. Yes, ma'am. In the U.S. Supreme Court, how did that come to be? Nobody does that. Eight. Well, not eight. That's correct. That that's the I think the most any lawyer in Arkansas has ever done in the history of the state. Uh, it's the most that there are very few lawyers get to go to the Supreme Court, and there's a handful of couple of hundred that would probably done more than that but not a lot maybe a couple thousand in the history of the nation um part of it's being the state's lawyer and there are constitutional issues there are issues about liberty and privacy there were two of those cases that were death cases and uh, i won both of those cases and uh both those cases played a role in the first uh death by injection and i was there for the death by injection Uh, Mm. and so um the Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court, is the Super Bowl for a lawyer. Because you, yeah. you walk in the chamber, you're as close to the Chief Justice as I am to you, Carrie. I mean, you're just yeah. looking them right in the eye. Uh, that you get 30 minutes and not a second longer, and you don't get to take your notes and outline like a speech because you get a little start, and then they just start peppering you with questions. And there are lots of funny little rules. You can't call them judge. You you can't. Uh, uh, say Mr. Justice because you have to call her Madam Justice at the time. She didn't want to be a Madam of anything. So it's just Justice. So we learned some of those things. And, you and then have they, everything memorized. Yes. They ask you um, what's the better reason, rule of law, and why? We're going to set the law of the land. What should that law be, and why is it reasonable that it should be this answer? And and why is that good for all of us? Uh, uh, and it's uh, it can be a place where there's a little bit of laughter. Uh, I was in a case, and Judge Scalia, it was a case out of El Dorado. guy was a petty criminal, sentenced as a habitual offender. So he got 40 years for breaking into a vending machine where he got $40. A little harsh. But I was on the state side, so we said, you bet. And he had to have four felonies, and he had eight felonies. But one of those felonies had been pardoned, and nobody knew it. And in the middle of the argument, they raised this issue that he had been pardoned, and um, and Scalia, Justice Scalia said, Mr. Attorney General, where were you when this was going on? And I said, Justice Scalia, I was in the fifth grade. <laughs> and he just, never mind, you know. So, But, yeah, I loved it. Uh, I was telling why you before, would Why would that get to the Supreme Court? 
it was the issue of fundamental fairness. What had happened was the defendant said it's the burden of the state to meet all the requirements of the law, and that is the law. The requirements were to submit four convictions showing he had committed four felonies. We did pick four, but one of them was flawed. And so he said, you don't get two bites at the apple. That's what the law should be. We said, well, we have four more we can choose from, and we shouldn't be penalized for not knowing the facts. He said, you're the one supposed to know all the yeah, facts. Yeah, you should. Yeah, and actually we won that case. Court agreed with us. And what was the agreement that he... The agreement, he got sentenced to 40 years for a robbery of a candy vending machine of just over $41. It was a harsh, harsh man. This was not a bad person. This was a guy. Well, how do you, I mean, how do you do that when you don't believe in it? Well, it's, it's hard. It's the law. <laughs> it's the law. Speaking of that, let's move on to yeah. the one that, the, the case that got so much national attention. It was the uh, McLean versus Arkansas Board of Education. Yeah. It was when Frank White signed a bill, uh, Act 590. 590 requiring the balanced treatment of creationism and evolution be taught in schools, and you had to defend it, even though it was unconstitutional. And so the civil, uh, the American Civil Liberties Union sued the state, and it's yep. called the McLean versus Arkansas Board of Education. Nobody thought you defended the state very well, though. <laughs> they thought you were on the other side that you were defending because you didn't. Well, you can go ahead and talk about the Scopes monkey trial and why you chose to do it the way you did. Well, um, a lot of people came to me. Frank White said, I didn't read this bill before I signed it, but it's a, one of those God bills. It's a good bill. I'm going to sign it. So we read it and said, this is really not a good bill. There's lots of issues with this bill. Uh, but they didn't make me king. They made me lawyer. They elected me lawyer. And mm-hmm. lawyer is to represent the interests of the state and by all kinds of every uh, tenet of judicial interpretation, what the legislature adopts is presumed to be constitutional. So it's entitled to be defended as constitutional. What got some of the Christians upset with me um, uh, was I had been asked to offer a lunch with me uh, as a fundraiser for the ACLU, and that was about a year before this trial law started. So it and I said yes, you know, and I was a hot, t- I was a real hot ticket. It went for $12. <laughs> so it didn't do much for charity. But they said, well, see, he's playing on the other side, the other team side, and he's trying to help the other team. And I said, look, here's what this is. The only way the state wins is this. We don't know the answer to when the world was created and how it was created. We all have opinions. So at its lowest common denominator, the, there's one opinion that says it just happened, and the other one says something made it happen. And so if you're going to be allowed to teach creationism, you say there, there's one, it just happened, evolution, and creationism is uh, evidence that there was the possibility of something that made it happen. Um, the court here, uh, just Overton, said that's all right academically, but in the classroom someone's going to say, teacher, teacher, What's that something? Is that something God? Does that God go to the Methodist church or the Assembly of God church? Or does that God not go to church at all? Mm-hmm. And so he said on a practical side, you're creating uh, just huge havoc. So we lost. Um, and then I wouldn't appeal. And that made some of the people on the Christian side uh, also unhappy. I said, I'm a good enough lawyer to know if you know you're not going to win, don't waste your time and don't waste your money. Well, just- even though it was a state 
uh, case, yeah. it got national, international attention. Oh, yeah. we ha- It was uh, billed as Scopes Trial 2. Mm-hmm. So we had a guy. Um, so I come out of the federal court down here uh, uh, one day on Capitol Avenue, and there's a guy in a gorilla uniform. And he's what? got a microphone. He says, Mr. Attorney General, I'm so-and-so gorilla with the Banana News Network, and I'm just trying to get away. Yeah. You know? Uh, one day I was in the courthouse and we took a break in the afternoon and a person comes up and says, are you the attorney general? I said, I am. And he said, you need to let me testify. And I said, sir, I'm sorry. That's been set long ago. And he said, but I know all the answers. And I said, sir, I appreciate all that. I'm trying to get to the restroom. But, and he said, you need to understand something. God spoke to me and he's given me all this information. And I said, again, sir, I'm really sorry. Not going to happen. I want to tell you the truth. I need to move on. He said, well, you need to know. God and I are pissed. <laughs> I said, Marshall? <laughs> Marshall, come help me. Because this guy's beginning to frighten me just a little bit. Wow. Um, yeah, the TV evangelist Pat Robinson denounced you on the 700 Club, saying that you were undermining the state defense because you limited the scope of the defense to explaining creationism as as legitimate science rather than the sacred word of God. The only legitimate ground for the state to uphold would be been science. Yep. And so because you were trying to say, is it science, they felt like, I, I didn't really understand. They felt like you couldn't, uh, some of them were called biblical literalists. So if the Bible says the camel passed through the eye of the needle, the camel did pass through the eye of the needle. Okay. If the Bible says that a, uh, there was it, the earth was created in seven days those were seven 24-hour units yeah and and people say well when the bible was being written how do you know that was the measurement of a day and do you really believe that a camel could pass through the eye of a needle um, perhaps that's so but it, it maybe that's just an example of the things that are being written yeah. in the bible and the literalist said if it says it in the bible it is in the bible which got one of my witnesses in trouble. So uh, the cross, uh, cross-examination said, are you a literalist? Do you believe the Bible is true? Every written word is true? Yes, sir, I do. said, does the Bible talk about flying saucers and UFOs? And he said, yes, sir, it does. And he said, and can you tell me that passage? And he said, yes, in the book of so-and-so, there are flying objects in the sky, and they are there as a part of. And he said, so you read that to mean that the Bible says that UFOs are legitimate. And he said, yes, sir, I do. That really hurt our credibility a whole lot. And Pat Robinson did sue me. He was on TV one morning. He said, um, Steve Clark is crooked. And used his hand to make a crooked symbol. And I sued him the next day, and he said, the next following day, he said, I didn't say Steve Clark was crooked. I said, it looks like he's crooked. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we settled that lawsuit. Uh, Reverend Robinson wrote me a handwritten note apologizing. He did. He did. uh, Well, in 1987, Louisiana did the same thing. He did. You were just cutting edge. There you go. (laughs) You really were. This is a great place to take a break. Uh, When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Mr. Steve Clark, the president of Fayetteville, Arkansas Chamber of Commerce, where we'll hear about his political and personal fall from grace and the road back. Hindsight is 2020, and sharing wisdom is what this show is all about, and I bet this smart man has a lot to say. And last, we'll talk about Steve Clark's current passion Fayetteville, Arkansas, and the opportunities that may be awaiting you there. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. If you miss any part of this show or want to learn more about it, 
go to flagandmanner.com and click on the radio show or subscribe through your favorite podcast application. We'll be right back with the phone number for calling. to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Mr. Steve Clark, the president of Fayetteville, Arkansas's fast-growing Chamber of Commerce. If you've got a question, you can send an email to questions, Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-S, at upyourbusiness.org, and I'll either get you in touch with Steve Clark. He's not hard to find. You just go to Fayetteville Chamber of Commerce, and there he is everywhere. You actually have one of the best websites I've been to in a long time. Thank you very much. It's really good. There's so much information. We're going to talk about all that. But before we do, we got to talk to about what everybody always asked about, and you'll be famous for this forever. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's really, it, you are a shining example of what to be and a glaring warning of what can happen. Correct. Uh, I said that to you earlier. I just wanted, I thought that was smart when I said that earlier. It is smart. I wanted to share it again. He's a shining example and a glaring warning. B, before the break, we talked about your success as an Arkansas young attorney general. And uh, now we're going to continue with your life story. And I just want to say this before we do that I think it's really generous that you're so open about this. You talk about it to everybody. You share what you want to learn. And, the, and in reading about you, I realize why you do that, because it goes to the core of who you are. You're a teacher, and you learned a lot, and you're teaching by telling your life story, which is what the show's kind of about, and you're, you know, you're spreading the good news that can come from it, because I read where you said, if my life, if my life stands for anything, it's do not quit. That is, right. that is your quote. So um, where do you want to start? What were you found guilty of, or how do you want to start? Either way, uh Part of what is a, a part of this story is um, uh, I'm an alcoholic. I'm a recovering alcoholic. If I'm uh, sober through the 10th day of October, I'll have 24 years of sobriety. Congratulations. Thank you. But I had 24, or 28, or 30 years of 
uh, being a practicing alcoholic, and I was world class. I was obnoxiously uh, an obnoxious alcoholic. I, I wasn't mean, but I was incredibly loud. I learned to whisper in a sawmill, and so wherever I was, <laughs> I was going to make all kinds of noise, and I thought I could sing. I uh, I sang one night at Cajun's Wharf. It was not one of my finer moments. And I always used to like to sing uh, Honky Tonk Angel and Amazing Grace. Kind of felt they had a theme that went together. I don't know whether it did or not. But so, and I refused to recognize that. I had friends that said, you know, do you think you drink too much? I said, no. I work hard. I play hard. If you can't keep up, then don't get off the porch. Uh, yeah. So it also created a great deal of arrogance in me and... Um, and and it became a false narrative. So instead of seeing what was really going on, I was seeing what what I wanted to go on. Uh, and so that's part of it. Uh, and then as I announced for governor in 1990 and against my friend Bill Clinton, we were basically in a head-to-head tie. So I had a shot at winning. And um, about 10 days into it, story broke about Phantom Diners. So I had used a state-issued credit card to buy food and alcohol and, um, and said it was all for state purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had about a nine-day trial. The jury said, no, Steve, it wasn't all for state purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, you, over a five-year period, spent at least $250 and no more than $2,500, but you spent our money on meals and alcohol that had nothing to do with being attorney general. That's illegal. That's theft by deception. And so they fined me $10,000 and said, go and sin no more. You know, we, we, we're going to slap you on the hand. We're going to tell you that's wrong. Don't ever do that again. You are a felon. Um, yeah. And, yeah, you are a felon, and you'll pay the court costs. You um, I mentioned shortly after that the bar showed up at my door and said, hey, we don't like felons to have bar licenses. So you want to fight about it, or do you want to do something else? And so I surrendered my law license and uh, and then later got a license in Texas, which I've had 20 years just about now. And uh, so it was, uh, frankly, the best thing that uh, – two best things that ever happened to me. One was that I finally realized that alcohol was a, one of my demons that had control of me. And secondly, I was uh, – uh, so I put the plug in the jug. And because of my conviction and and my disgrace, and um, you know, I went from who's who to who's he virtually overnight. So instead of people saying, "Hey, you're going to be the next governor," "Hey, governor, I want to look forward to this," they went across the street because they, they, if you know, I, I, I pitched myself often as the guy who fought on the side of the angels. Angels like fighters, but they like fighters that are honest, mm-hmm. and they like yeah. fighters that mm-hmm. are sincere. And I wasn't in those. So what I did was dishonest. What I did was um, unethical. And you just have to be, I have to be direct about that now. Uh, That's part of how I have sobriety is that I'm just honest about the truth. Yeah. But it gave me so much more. I wouldn't be married to the lady I'm married to now. And I don't love anybody in the world, including my daughters and grandchildren, more than I love my wife. So she came to my life then. The opportunity to go back to the practice of law came into my life. I actually ran for office once again. I ran for mayor. I lost. but Mayor of Fayetteville? In Fayetteville. I lost the—I announced for the governor's race, 
I wasn't on the ballot because I withdrew before the ballot was uh, actually made. But I got a few votes. My mother wrote my name in. Some other people, mm-hmm. you know, so I got a few votes. But I lost, and, and then I lost the election for mayor. Two, those two losses probably were the best things that ever happened to me. And I have the yard signs from those campaigns framed and in my home office. So I can see that Steve Clark for governor, boy, you were blessed that didn't happen. Because had I been elected governor, I'm, I'm not a bad guy, but I was drunk. I was going to embarrass myself. I was going to embarrass our state. I was going to hurt somebody. I was going to drive into a pole or into another car. I, do, I was going to do something that I would be ashamed of the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. When I ran for mayor, I thought, well, I got one more, you know, one more circle. And, uh, and I obviously wanted to win, and I finished third out of a field of six. But it was two days later they offered me the Chamber of Commerce job. I don't, I've never had a job in my life that I like more than the one I have now because I get paid to get up every morning and make Fayetteville a better place to live. That is a wonderful job. My job is to create opportunities for people. Um, um, my job is to create opportunities for our community and, 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 and a part of that, our state, but our community in particular, to demonstrate to the world that we love everyone. We don't care where you're from and who you're married to and how long you've been here and who you love and what you believe. We just want to know what are your skills, what are your passions, and what will you commit to do. Mm-hmm. And the rest of that, welcome. And it's just, a, uh, like I said, I'm very excited about what I get to do. It's kind of a political position. It is. Without having to run for office. Yeah, I don't have to go to the Gillette Coon Supper. And I'm what do you call it? <laughs> the Gillette Coon Supper? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Coon does not taste like chicken, let me tell you. <laughs> I don't care what they tell you, it doesn't. Yeah, it is political in one sense, and so I get a lot of the enjoyment that I got from being in public service. Because it's still, you're still promoting people and yeah. opportunities, and That's correct. and you're still getting the stimuli that you liked from politics in the beginning. Absolutely, absolutely. Does your law, uh, does your law degree help you? Oh, absolutely, no, without any question. Uh, a couple ways it helps me. Both uh, when we're looking at a company that's coming to fail or looking to come from fail and they've got documents about things they want and do they comply with regulations that the state, Arkansas Economic Development has. I can read all that, understand all mm-hmm. that. If we're looking at trying to craft some new opportunity for a company, um, I've worked with the legislature and with the courts long enough and say, we can't do that or we can do this or we need to talk to X, Y, and Z to do that. So, yes, it's a benefit. Um, we have lawyers. I'm not the lawyer for the chamber. We have lawyers. Uh, the person who represents himself as a lawyer is a fool, and I don't want to be a fool. But it's a, it's a, Fayetteville is a wonderful place in which to live. And um, I tell people, I told somebody this morning before I came down here, I said, so you want me to describe Fayetteville quickly? Uh-huh. It has just abundant blue sky, an abundance of trees everywhere, extraordinary food, and... Um, the friendships are forever. Nobody wants an acquaintance. They want a friendship for forever. So when you can see the sky to the center of the universe and you can sit under the shade of a tree and you can enjoy virtually any kind of food you'd like to eat and the person sitting next to you is going to be your friend for life, that's a pretty sweet place to be. And so, I guess that's why it's growing so much. It is growing. We grow more than one person every six hours. What? That's a weird way to think of it. At breakfast, there was someone new this morning, born there and moved there. At lunch, tonight at dinner, and at midnight, and then we'll start again. That's an interesting way to think of it. Um, Governor Mike Huckabee pardoned you. He did. 
How many years ago was that? Oh, wow. 2005. I applied for a pardon first, and Governor Huckabee turned that down. And I applied for a pardon again, and Governor Huckabee turned that down. And he didn't, and he, the governor doesn't have to state a reason. They just say yes or no. Yeah. Uh, I applied a third time, and Governor Huckabee did grant that pardon, and I will be forever grateful to him for mm -hmm. that. So that is a true Shakespearean story right there. I wish people could see your face. People on Facebook can see your face to see how uh, sincere you were about all of that. I think you can hear it in your voice. And I want to take this moment to tell everybody that you're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Mr. Steve Clark, the president of Fayetteville, Arkansas fast-growing chamber of commerce um, you're in fable in love seeking uh, employment you run for mayor you don't get to be mayor but you get it but a few days later you get to be the chamber the president of the chamber of the commerce and you've already said what it is that you love about it and you've already kind of told us our growth rate which is one every six hours which is a weird way to put it uh, what is the current population in Fayetteville we're right at 90,000 and by 2021 we'll be over 100,000 people our region's about 540,000 people. Really? Uh-huh. And it's changing. So more than half the people who live in Benton and Washington County uh, weren't born in Arkansas. And that's an interesting number and a statistic, and it's important to us. It helps us become even more diverse and even more rich with opportunities. So I was telling these people I speak to this morning, I said, so when I speak out of state, I say, my name is Steve Clark, and I'm from Fayetteville, Arkansas, the epicenter of the universe. And they all giggle. And I said, I was expecting that. Uh, but at every break today, I'll have another factoid about you, for you about my hometown. And at the end of the day, you're going to come ask for my business card. So I say, Dad, tell you about my library. We have a public library. We're getting ready to expand it by another 80,000 square feet. We have more than a million visits a year, which means with 90,000 people, everybody in our town goes 10 times a year. So that tells you about Fayetteville and its citizens. If we, did I tell you at my library, you can get a fishing pole, you can get inline skates, you can get at the a library at the library a fishing it, pole, inline skates, it, and probably a bicycle, rent a bicycle, a bicycle, and you can get tools. You can get uh, tools to work in a garden, tools to work around your house, and they're so all rentable. Yeah, all rentable, and they'll go what at the library. And then I say, you know, did I tell you about my university? Did I tell you about our trails? So in Northwest Arkansas, we have 350 miles of trails. In Fayetteville, we have well over 100 miles of trails. Uh, my wife and I like to ride. We were not bicyclists. We started about two years ago. Last weekend, we rode 21 miles. And we're just laughing and giggling like we were 12 and, and 11, you know. You have some of the bi best bike trails in Fayetteville. We do. We have some. Uh, somebody even, I, you're right, if you go to your uh, Chamber of Commerce, Fayetteville Chamber of Commerce website, and look at these statistics you're talking about. Somewhere I read that it has some, who, best place to live? Oh, you know, yeah. Uh, let's see. Where's the one? Oh, here's top best places to bike in Arkansas by, by the Peoples of Bike. That was in 2018. That was just recent. But you've right. even been nationally recognized for your bike trails. We have been nationally recognized for our bike trails. We've been nationally recognized as the best place for millennials to live. We've been recognized as the best place to start a career. We were recognized as the, most recently, the fifth best place of all metropolitan areas in the United States in which to live. Now, part of that is because cost of living is very reasonable. Mm -hmm. So um, you can afford a house. Uh, there are lots of housing opportunities. Uh, food and transportation, those issues are not outrageous as compared to others. We, we still have a hard time getting people to recognize 
Arkansas and Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. We had uh, we've been trying to recruit uh, programmers, uh, computer programmers. So we had a conference about a month ago called the Nowhere Conference. So we've been reaching out to people on the East Coast and the West Coast. Come to Fayetteville, come to Northwest Arkansas, work here. There's lots of companies. It's really great. And they're going, where? I don't know where that is. Don't know where that is. So we said, we have the Nowhere Conference. Come, and we'll show you what happens in Nowhere. In Nowhere, $100 will buy $116 worth of goods and services. In Nowhere, you can rent an apartment with two bedrooms for about $650 a month, and in New York, that's $6,000 yeah. a month. You know, and so here are the differences. And um, you have all the culture, all the art. Um, we have two murals on the chamber walls. One was done by kindergarten students, kindergarten through fourth grade. They're sunflowers. And, and we didn't pick the topic. We said, we want you all to do a mural. So they came, painted it with their hands. They painted their hands yellow, put them on there. That made kind of the leaves, their thumbs brown. And then they did their fingers to green. And it's called Sunflowers Rising. And so we use it as the message at the chamber. Sunflowers look for the light. So we say, always be looking for the light. Don't go to the dark side. Yeah. Our kids told us that's what they want to do. We have another mural the high school students did. And they did it in um, abstract. And I say, well, that's great, except I represent a bunch of old white men, and old white men are not too flexible. <laughs> and abstract, they don't usually understand, so I need a storyboard. So I said, you cannot use a sentence or a, fra- or a phrase, but you can use words, and not any more than 15. So they used, they said, this is fable. This is in the eyes of a 16 and a 17-year-old. Such an important story for we at the chamber to understand. Mm-hmm. We're progressive, they said. We are funky, they said. Some of my people said, what's funky? I said, anything you want it to be. And what a great thing. (laughs) Yeah. You can be anything you want to be. So we're progressive. We're funky. We're community. We're diverse. We're conscious. I said, do you hear what they're telling us? We listen. We try to to understand what somebody's telling us because we're not just hearing noise. We're trying to hear what they're saying in that noise. It said that uh, we're artistic. Yeah, you've got great culture up there. Yeah, and so... That, that is a big part of what we get to do, and that's a part of why I like this job so much. And what we then, with those Nowhere programmers, we said, so see, there's arts, there's culture, there's music, there's Broadway theater, there's trails, there's outdoors, there's educational opportunities, there, there's wonderful cuisine, there's interesting uh, opportunities for conversation. And there's low crime. We just virtually have none. I went to the hospital one time there because my kids, I went to school up there. And one time I had to go to the emergency room for something minor. And there was one person in there. And I was like nobody with a gunshot wound or a stab. I was like, well, what's going on in this emergency room? Where am I? We I don't know if I like that or not, though. I was kind of like, I want to see the real people. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but it, well, I got in and out really quick, though. Yeah. I was kind of surprised. Well, healthcare is a big part of what we're doing. Uh, you know, so if I, you want to hear my elevator speech, it's yes. fable is Ed's, Meds, and Innovation. And we wrap that in culture. And Ed's, culinary. Meds, and Innovation. That's education, medical, and what's the, what was the last one? Ed's. Innovation is entrepreneurship. So we can teach you. And from- real estate. Real estate up there is off the chart. I saw where it's one of the number one places for people to move that are in real estate because that you can just sell and sell and sell. There's just so much property to sell. And I guess the Arkansas State Lottery has done great things for Fayetteville. Arkansas State Lottery has done great things across the state, but, yes, we've had our fair share. Cause, yes, because you've got the big college up there. Yeah, the university's been huge, and, and lots of the students that enroll there are 
were there because of the lottery scholarship. Are you going to put a ceiling on how tall they can build a building in Fayetteville? We do have a ceiling. Good. Right now it is six stories. Oh, good. Yeah. Is anybody trying to fight that? No, we haven't had. We've had a couple times, but that view shed, what you can see is really important. Yeah. And it's, and whether that's the sky or trees or the hills or the mountains or whatever it may be, we're very we're very conscious about trying to make sure our canopy cover, meaning the trees that are there that cover, so it's just not all, we didn't tear down trees and make parking lots. Right. Drives me crazy. Yeah, so. Makes me crazy. I think cutting down trees like right there with murder it comes pretty close it does to me i know i'm a tree i'm a tree hugger i'm sorry so does fayetteville rogers and bentonville work together as a unit for northwest arkansas or did they work kind of independently we work together probably the greatest reason that we've had success in northwest arkansas is that we collaborate on everything so we look we spend our time and we start with this position let's look for the similarities there'll be some differences forget about that yeah let's see what we've got in common and let's advance that goal so in economic development uh, we often will find ourselves around a table with a prospect who said i'll bring this business here and it'll bring 300 jobs or 3,000 jobs and there's the five mayors so it's Fayetteville, Springdale, Rogers, Bentonville, and Siloam. Oh, okay. And then there's the five chamber execs. And we say, okay, the only mistake you can make is not coming to Northwest Arkansas. Now, we each want 20 minutes to tell you why we think you should come here. But before you agree to all that, we're telling you, if you decide to come to any of these five communities, the other four will help in any way that they can. And, and and we've been honest about doing that. Do y'all meet every year? Do y'all meet once a year, or how often do you meet as a group? Once a month. Once a month? Yeah, we talk the third Wednesday of every month, and we talk about what we're doing, and we do things collectively. We even do that with our legislation. So when we go to D.C. to talk to our members of Congress, we don't ask for, well, this is what Fable wants, and this is what Springdale wants. We say, for the region, this is our ask. And so it started, the first one was on the Bella Vista bypass. And so some guy came up to me and said, Bella Vista is not in Fayetteville. And I said, I know that. And he said, well, I thought you didn't because you said, you said, that's all we want you to do is fund the Bella Vista bypass. And I said, why would the Fayetteville Chamber care? I said, there are seven stoplights between Bella Vista and Dixon Street. That bypass will take those seven lights out, and they're going to get here about 15 minutes faster. And there's going to have a whole lot more options in Fayetteville than they are going to have in Bella Vista. So, and, you know, and, and our senators and the congressmen are saying, we all are all sitting together. And Springdale said what Fayetteville said and Rogers said, and we expected Bentonville and Bella Vista. And Siloam said, you don't want anything else? No, we'd like to have this. Yeah. If you get us this, next year there'll be something else. Yeah. It may be in one of the other communities. But that's been our greatest um, tool for success is we all... Uh, we wouldn't have half of what we had if we didn't work together. No. And, and I mean, just think about Bentonville with the uh, with the twenty one C and the Crystal Bridges. Crystal Bridges, my gosh! And a new one called Momentary that'll be coming in second month of twenty twenty. And oh, really? we have we have a new school of art at Fayetteville, so we got one hundred and sixty million dollars to fund a college of art, a school of art. What do you think? What? Yeah, 160, the largest amount of money ever given to a public educational institution to create. So we're hiring 21 or 23 brand new art professors. And for wow. us, that's very good for economic development. Because we have, in my in my chamber, we have what we call a fab lab. It's a digital fab lab. So we have 
woodworking shop and we have art and 3D printers and laser engravers. And so if you can, sometimes people know what they want to do, but they can't visualize it. But if they can draw it, uh-huh. that picture can be worth a thousand words. Uh-huh. So if you come to my office, you'll see a picture of the human body. And this is all about uh, dealing with what food does as an energy source for cells. And uh, and when you look at it, you think it's a piece of art till you get up close. And half the body is a little bit bigger. The right half is a little larger than the left half. And the difference is in the right half, there are cupcakes and pancakes uh-huh. and all kinds of sugar. And over here, there are vegetables and fruits. And, and a cell's energy source is called a mitochondria. This is what that's all about. It was done by a biology student to understand biology. Oh, art to understand biology. I was wondering where you were going with that's that. That's what it is. So we're excited yeah, about that's that. That's really exciting. You are such a deep thinker. I love talking to you. We're running out of time. I uh, love talking to, to you, by the way. You Let me thank you You're for all that you give to all of Arkansas, not just Central Arkansas. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you, Steve. Uh, well, um, you know, it's important what you do and the message you send. And the things you've done to give us all both inspiration and also joy. So thank you, Gary. You're welcome. Thank you. So uh, if someone wants to come to Fayetteville, what do they do? Call the Little Rock Convention Center? (laughs) Why would people call you? What do they need to do? Go to your website. They go to our website. Find the events you've got coming along. Yeah, we've got all of them listed. We have. You have statistics out the yin-yang. It's bizarre how many statistics are on there. (laughs) We do have a lot of that. That's the lawyer in me. Boy, you can tell. You can tell. All the evidence. Here it is. All the evidence. Boy, it is there. So we have have an app at the chamber, and so it tells you about all the events. We have an app for the region, which is called Leisure List. So you can pick any of those five towns, or you can pick the region. So if you want to know what's going on, Tonight or tomorrow night, you want to know who's playing music in what venue and what town. You want to know if there's... That's a, on your website? Yeah, a 5K run. We've if you want to know if you want to move there and why you want to move there and anything about your industry, that's all on your website. Yep. You need to do my website. I tell you, whoever did it, did you have it done right up there in Fayetteville? We did. Wow, whoever did it did a great job. Thank you. What advice would you give yourself 20 years ago? Stop drinking earlier? <laughs> what would have been stop drinking earlier and to... Uh, Quit trying to be a big dog. Just get up and face life on life's terms. What do you want your legacy to be? Uh, That I didn't miss the dance that I participated. You sure did. Boy, you hung in there. I've never known anybody to hang in there so good. Uh, let's see. Who's my guest next week? Thank. Oh, I've got to give you a gift. I have a gift for you that you're going to like. You do? Oh, do. look at here. Yes, I like that it's very a, much. I knew you would. It's yeah. a U.S. flag and an Arkansas flag, four by six inch desk set. Do you have one in your office? I do not, but I do now. It'll be sitting it's right there on my desk. It's amazing how many people don't have that simple little desk set in their office that are professional men like you. I love it. I Thank you very, very You're much. You're welcome. Um, I guess next week, let's see, Roger, who did I put down? You have Professor Linda Holzer. She is a professor of piano at University of Arkansas since 1995. Oh, my gosh, this girl. She fell in love. She. Let me just tell you a little bit about her accolades. She's performed at the John F. Kennedy Center Performing Arts, the New Orleans Center for Creative Arts, New York Public Radio Station, Noontime Concert at St. Patrick's Cathedral in San Francisco, abroad at Europe, Asia, Australia. She just got home from Europe because I had to wait a month or two to get her here. <laughs> and this is the reason I got to know her. is She's in love with an American classical composer, the first African-American woman to be recognized as a symphonic composer from Arkansas, Florence Beatrice Price, 1887 to 1953. Did y'all know about her? 
Did you know about her, Roger? No, I did not. John's over there shaking his head. Did you know about, did you know about her? Nope. I didn't either. So I went to a thing and saw it and was in love with it. All right. If you've got a great entrepreneurial story you'd like to share, I'd love to hear from you. Send a brief bio or your contact info to questions at upyourbusiness.org, and somebody will be in touch. And finally, to our listeners, thank you for spending time with me. If you think this program's been about you, you're right, but it's also been for me. Thank you for letting me fulfill my destiny. My hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. If you would like to hear this program again next week, a podcast will be made available online with links to resources you heard discussed on today's show. Carrie's goal is to help you live the American dream. 